Father, we do pray that you would speak to us, that we may live and speak to your glory. We pray that you would pour out your Holy Spirit, that you would teach us afresh today. Lord, I pray that you would shake us. I pray that you would take away complacency. I pray, Lord, that you would take away self-satisfaction. I pray, Lord, that by your word we'll be challenged that you're a God of love, who loves us just the way we are, and that you love us so much that you refuse to leave us the same. Because your vision for us, your design for us, your purpose for us is so much more than we even imagine. So, Father, forgive us that we settle for second best or even third best. Forgive us for laziness. Forgive us for apathy. Lord, forgive us whenever we just make do. Speak to us by your word that that brings dry bones to life, puts flesh on them and places your Holy Spirit within them. The word of Jesus Christ, the perfect man, who has shown us not only what it means to live a perfect life, but has also brought us into this opportunity to live in your pre presence and to be freed from fear to have no fear even in the face of death and to trust that the gift of your Holy Spirit is the deposit of proof of everlasting life that awaits all who trust fully in Jesus Christ. And it is in his name that we pray. Amen. Please have a seat. So we've had all sorts of weather recently. We've hit up to 31-odd uh, degrees in temperature, and also as well in more recent days, we've, we've been reminded what heavy wind and rain looks like. And so it's not difficult for us to remember because we've had the last couple of days where there's been uh, that some heavy downpours as to the type of language that Luke uses the start of his gospel acts or start of acts about the day of Pentecost. He uses the, the language of a tropical rainstorm with this sort of sense of, of wind and rain pounding as the Jewish believers, 120 of them, gather together in an upper room waiting, hoping for the promised gift of God, the presence of God among his people again that has been awaited for hundreds and hundreds of years. And that was an occasion whenever all the people in the room were Jews. What we have this time is it's like the equivalent but for the Gentiles. And Peter and the six other Jewish men with him are taken aback. They're startled by the fact that God also wants to include the Gentiles, people like you and me, people who aren't Jews, to be part of the kingdom of God. And so whenever Luke is describing the day of Pentecost, he says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. All this was possible, of course, because Jesus, God in the flesh, had come, lived, had pitched his tent in the midst of his people. 
And as human beings do, whenever we come across something that's totally beautiful and perfect, we couldn't live with it, and so we put him to death. But God raised him from the dead and sat him at the right hand of God, and he, he has He became for us that day that he gave his life like a bridge between heaven and earth, the great reconciler, the great mediator, laying down his life, shedding his blood, that we may live, he died. And so God raises him, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, he pours out the gift that the prophets have been speaking about for hundreds of years. I will put a new heart in you, give you a heart of flesh, take away your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh, a heart that really senses the presence of God. This is going to be a gift, Prophet Joel says, for everybody, slave and free, men and women, young and old. There'll be new visions, new, new excitement, a new sense of the possibility of what life is in the presence of God. And so this gift is not just for the Jews, it's for everybody. Christ came for all. And so this passage in Acts chapter 10 is a wonderful one of hope for us because it it shows us, it declares the fact that how we have come to be here today, that the gift of the Holy Spirit has been given to us through Jesus Christ, the very presence of God among us. That's what our baptism is about, whether we're baptized as an infant or as an adult. The baptism that we were baptized into and water was one in which the Holy Spirit is active and at work. The water is that sign and the symbol of what God is doing. It's the outward physical reality of the inner spiritual reality of God at work by His Holy Spirit. So we may live in the presence of God. That's why we come into the place of salvation, of life, of fullness of life in Christ, that we may live in the presence of God in the here and now. That's what Christ came to give his life for. That we may experience the the smile, the presence of our heavenly Father moment by moment. And it's that presence, that love in our hearts that drives out fear. That's what John talks about in his first letter, that the perfect love of God drives out fear. I imagine all of us struggle with fear. There is only one antidote to fear, one that really works, and that is Jesus Christ. There are many other ways that human beings use. All of them lead to some type of self-destruction. Denial, overwork, addiction to food or pleasure or drugs or weed or whatever it happens to be. There's all sorts of ways to try and self-medicate with fear. But there's only one that actually works. One that doesn't ultimately lead to our own destruction. And that is the presence of God in our lives. And there's only one way for that to happen and it is through Jesus Christ. 
Paul the Apostle, right in the church in Ephesus, says that his prayer for them is that they would be strengthened with power through the Spirit in their inner being to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. Sometimes that, that sense of the presence of God in our lives is like that tropical rainstorm. It's like that day in Cornelius' house where Peter just, he, he stops his talk. He's talking about Jesus Christ who went around doing good and releasing all who are under the power of the devil. And he stops his talk because something happens before him. The presence of God comes in a powerful way and people start singing praise to God. And I imagine physically there's signs that God is powerfully moving among them. There's this sense of this tropical rainstorm happening. And sometimes that's the way we encounter God. But I know for myself personally, I know for many of you as well, it's more like good old Northern Irish breeze and mist and mizzle. It's not sometimes dramatic. It's just that sense of the presence of God. I was looking at the drizzle a few days ago and thinking, you know, in some ways that's a, a good metaphor for, because mizzle sometimes you get even more wet with that because there's just tiny particles absolutely everywhere. I know in my life and I know in many of your lives what you experience is not the dramatic, but the gentle whisper of God, the gentle mizzle that sense of he is here and I am with him. Thomas Goodwin, the Puritan, described both the, the sort of gentle whisper of God as, as walking along, a father holding a, his son's hand, and how wonderful it is for the son to know that he's in the presence of the father. Nothing is being said, nothing dramatic is happening, but there's that powerful sense of I am with my father. And there comes a moment, Thomas Goodwin says, where along this journey there can be moments whenever the father picks up the son and he embraces him and he kisses him and he tells him how much he loves him. And Thomas Goodwin says, it's wonderful to walk along the road. It's also wonderful to have those moments whenever God just embraces us and draws him to himself. And there's these memorable moments in our lives which are great sustaining moments and they're ones to be really, really treasured. But both all are to do with the presence of God. And all should be sought by us. One of the things that really strikes me in this Acts chapter 10 is that here's Cornelius, a Roman centurion, who, who somehow by, by God's Holy Spirit is being led on a journey towards Christ. He's a man who prays. We know he, he prays, it looks like, at least three times a day. He gives generously to the poor. And yet he hasn't really fully realized how to experience the fullness of God's presence. And with Simon Peter, the Lord's right-hand man, he too was a man of prayer. The thing that strikes me about both these men, very different in background, very different in understanding of the kingdom of God, both of them are people who pray. And both of them have a powerful vision of God speaking to them and using them powerfully in the kingdom of God. Both of them have powerful experiences of the presence of God. But it's no accident. The fact is that both were men who took time, it looks like several times a day, 
to be quiet and to seek the presence of God. They stopped and they prayed. The Bible says that God reveals himself. He shows himself to those who seek him. In fact, there's a promise in the Bible that says whenever we seek God, we will find him. We'll be found by him. So if we want to have a more powerful sense of the presence of God in our lives, then God has given us free will in order that we, if we choose to, may seek him out. We may choose to stop. We may choose to try and overcome our uh, our worry sickness that comes by being busy and busy and busy and busy and not being afraid of being still. Knowing that in those moments, uh, worries can flood in and that's sometimes why we keep ourselves so busy because we do want to be alone with our own thoughts. But the trust in the fact that in that place, God is to be found in Jesus Christ. Sometimes we have to wait. I know for myself, sometimes I've sometimes sat for half an hour, 45 minutes. And for the first 45 minutes, all I have is worry. And they just keep coming and keep coming. But if we persevere, sometimes it can be immediate where the worry just starts to, to evaporate. And as we read the Bible, as we pray, sometimes it's helpful to write a little journal, a prayer journal. That's what I do as well. Sometimes it's easier to write prayers out. I find it good to write prayers out. And in that place is the place where fear is overcome. In that place is the place where worry can be conquered. Not in a way that leads to physical or psychological health problems as every other thing is. Even relying on our human relationship can lead to problems. Yes, we, we have human relationships, we have friendship, we have marriage, we have family. All those are wonderful things, God-given things. But if we ever put them in the place of God, then eventually we will stumble. I discovered that when I was, I was 19 years old. And God, over a number of years, said to me, make me number one in your life. No other human being can give us the security that Christ gives us. And actually, whenever we allow that to happen, then our love for a wife or a husband or a brother or a sister or children or a grandchildren is actually increased. If we're willing to be embraced by the one who alone can give us the full and deep security that we need. Because as the psychologists will all tell us, all fear ultimately comes from one big fear, and that is the fear of death. The psychologists will all tell us the root of all fear is the fear of death. Yes, there are other fears of lack of significance or lack of hope. 
But ultimately, the one that needs to be tackled is the fact that in Christ, the gift of the Holy Spirit in us that we become increasingly aware of if we're willing to pray and open ourselves up to God is the gift of knowing that we are in the presence of God. And as the Bible tells us, the deposit of the Holy Spirit is the guarantee that we will pass through death like Christ and we will pass into everlasting life. It's so good to know that intellectually by reading the Bible, God's word of truth to us. But if we are willing to enter into the presence of God intentionally, yes, we live in the presence of God as Christians, but intentionally to move into that place where the overcoming of fear happens. In that place, we discover that there is a love that is more powerful than death. Yes, we can read about it. Yes, that's the truth that sets us free if we're willing to believe it. But more than that, Paul tells us we can experience it. He says, my prayer for you is that you will experience how high and deep and long and wide, it's like four-dimensional, is the love of Christ, a love that surpasses knowledge. In other words, you can't know it just by knowing. It's much more than an intellectual reality. As with all relationships, a relationship with friends or a husband and wife or whatever, goes beyond the knowledge, it goes to affection, it goes to love, it goes to being present with each other. So too is our relationship with God, and even more so. It's a relationship with the very core, the very heart of our being. So what I'd love to do today is just spend a moment in silence, stillness together, asking the Lord to make us more fully aware of his presence, to receive his peace afresh, and to give us a fresh hunger and thirst for him, knowing that we can trust him fully. In that, in encountering the presence of God, we have often these nagging thoughts that come from left field, fear, doubt, inadequacy. One of fear is, if the Lord comes and moves afresh in my life, if I sense the presence of God, will what God gives me be a good thing? Will it be a good encounter? Will it be a condemning moment where he'll point the finger? And Jesus says, as he, as he speaks in the Acts of the Apostles, Everyone he asks receives, everyone he seeks finds. To which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? If he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you're evil, know how to give gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? When we meet with God, God gives us only good things. And he always leaves us with our free will that at any moment we can stand up and say, right, I'm going to, to do, do the things that I should be doing today. Sometimes we have doubt. If I ask, will I receive, is God real? Well, there's only one way to try it. Seek him and find him. Inadequacy, will I receive? What if everyone else receives and has a sense of the presence of God, but I alone don't? 
Jesus says, everyone who seeks finds. You're included in that, everyone. It's a gift for all of us. We may sometimes feel inadequate. It's Christ who makes us adequate. It's Christ who makes us worthy. So let's be still. And could be for the first time you would like to just have this quiet conversation in your heart with God and say, I know that I need you. I know I've been running from you. I know that there's fear in my life that I can't overcome. I've tried lots of other things. I'm tired out. So I'm going to try you. He will not let you down. Or it could be that you've been a Christian for many months or many years and you just need a fresh encouragement from God. Let's pray together. Let's be open afresh to the Lord. And just encourage you in the quietness of your hearts, the quietness of our lives. To pray that ancient prayer that has been prayed for, for many hundreds and thousands of years in the Christian church. Simply come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Perhaps your need is one of physical healing this morning for yourself or someone known to you and your desire is to see healing, to experience healing. And so I encourage you, ask, ask for healing, seek healing. If it's that fear or anxiety of mind, again, seek healing. Come, Holy Spirit. The Lord also, believe, wants to give guidance today. Remember, there's decisions that we just, we're not sure which way to go. The Lord wants to give us clarity, wants to confirm and encourage us uh, down the right path to give us reassurance that we're taking the right road. God is the God of wisdom and his desire is to give wisdom today. Perhaps there's a situation this morning just as we're praying, I, I wonder if there's that sense of, um, for someone here today, that sense of uh, there's such a mess, there's, there's a situation where there's such a mess, I just don't know where to start. It's like a ball of wool that is so entangled, so knotted up that I'm not sure, I'm not sure how to start trying to untangle. It just seems so overawing, so daunting, so impossible to try and undo this 
really knotted up ball of wool or like a, a tat in a human uh, head of hair that it's just high on earth do you start and the Lord is saying start with me start one step at a time and take a fresh perspective step back with the Lord and just look afresh step back and do not be overcome by fear and the Lord will lead you through the process of untangling and even in that untangling there will be not just a resolution to the problem but also much blessing and much growth for you and for other people so Father we just place that situation to your hands and we pray Lord for peace we pray for resolution and we pray for your blessing in that situation Father, we bring before you as well this morning broken and strained relationships. And Father, we pray for, again, your resolution, your healing, your peace. Give patience, give love, give strength. And Father, we pray for an infilling of your Holy Spirit in our lives today. The perfect love that drives out fear, pour out your Holy Spirit afresh into our lives. We trust you, Lord Jesus. We believe that you're the way back to the Father. We believe that you can make a resolution out of every mess. We believe that you can lead us through we believe that you'll never leave us or forsake us. We believe that you are faithful, that you have perfect stickability, that you'll never give up on us, never give in to us. Lord, we thank you that you love us. Pour out your love afresh into our hearts. to give us a fresh joy and a fresh confidence. Lord, we're here today because we believe that only you are in charge. Only you are completely faithful. Only you, Lord, are all-powerful. Only you are all-loving. And we thank you that in Jesus Christ, you're here with us today. And you have come to bring life in all of its fullness. Lord, give us a fresh hunger, moment by moment, day by day in our lives, to seek you out. Enthroned in glory. And invite you as king of our lives to be with us and to guide us and to train us and to forgive us and to strengthen us. To 
Father, we do pray for healing and we pray for protection. We pray for protection from disease and sickness. We pray, Lord, for our loved ones and family and for this community. We pray, Lord, for those whom we work with and who we have responsibility for as employers. And Father, we, we pray, Lord, your blessing. We pray for your health. We pray for your strength. We pray, Lord, that we would be those who live lives of hope. And so, Lord, that people around us would see that hope and would search you out for themselves and find life that is an eternal life that we taste here and now. A life that will go through death and be raised to life on the other side with Christ forever. And all this we pray in his name. And we join together in that prayer, the Lord's Prayer that Christ taught us. And we're going to have the words come up on the screen of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. And may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst us and remain with us always. Amen.